Hey, it's Heidi Rain. Welcome back for another episode of Addiction and Codependency Breakthrough. Man, am I glad you're here today. We are going to attempt, I'm going to attempt, who's we, right? I'm a multiple person, me and my multiple personalities are going to attempt to unpack one of the things that I hear the most often from the clients I work with, from the people that I help. And it's this frustration with the notion that just a simple, I'm sorry, is supposed to be enough. Now, if you're here, I'm going to assume that you have been subject to somebody who's toxic in your life, whether that be uh, how you grew up with a dysfunctional or toxic parent, narcissistic, abusive, addicted, or if you are in relationship with somebody that has caused a lot of damage because of their drinking or using or toxicity or dysfunction or whatever have you. And what you're used to hearing is, I'm sorry. You're used to hearing, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, especially if you're in a cycle of abuse where there's this, you know, they hurt you and then they do this like scramble and hustle to hoover you back in or to smooth it all away, go back in the honeymoon phase. And we have other videos here on the cycle of abuse. And I'm happy to make more of those videos if you can understand, because it doesn't have to be just this physical thing, right? Being on the emotional and psychological roller coaster with somebody who's not well, you know, whether they're addicted or psychologically unwell is just as abusive as if they were hurting, hitting you, you know, physically. So, and maybe that's happening too. And if it is, I just want to recommend that if you're in a, a, an abusive relationship of any kind that, you know, you seek help, you go to the helpline.org, you talk about taking the steps to get out. And so what I'm more talking about is when we're on the path to wellness and recovery and healing, and somebody is attempting to be better and, and they are giving you the, I'm sorry, but you're still stuck. And you can't quite articulate why I'm sorry isn't enough. And you want to be able to articulate that because the people that are saying sorry to you might mean it. They might want you to just, you know, pretend like nothing happened and just go back to normal. But you and I both know that's not possible. So I, I'm going to attempt today to make sense of that for you. Why is it that I'm sorry is not enough? Why do you need more? And is it okay? For you to want more. Cause I, I'm going to tell you what I know from my own life experience and from the thousands of people that I helped, the one thing that we question and ask ourselves all the time as people who've uh, been impacted by another person's toxicity or dysfunction is we're like, is this normal? Is it okay for me to be, me to be mad? Am I justified? Is this person as bad as I think they are? Do you see what I'm seeing? You know, we ask ourselves all these questions. And so I'm going to attempt to, man, I don't even know how this is going to go. I, I haven't really prepared other than, hey, this is what I want to talk about today. So let's just see what happens in this discussion. And I'm going to use some real moments from my own life, raw and real situations that I've had in my life and why I'm sorry is not enough from both sides. We're going to tackle this from being the victim of somebody else's, like, you know, we always say that the victim of somebody else's internal war with themselves and all the shrapnel. So if you've been on the receiving end of this, of somebody, sorry, why it's not enough. And also if you've inflicted pain on somebody else and why your I'm sorry is not enough and how to, cause I've been on both sides. I've had it. I've been the receiver of pain and I've been the inflictor of pain. And the important thing is to recognize not one of us is free from 
not doing both, right? We've, we've all, we are all capable on the spectrum of receiving pain and dishing it out. And part of the healing process is to be able to really understand not just the result of having pain inflicted upon you, but the result of you inflicting pain upon other people as well. And so hopefully this is a really balanced discussion. Now, of course, if you want more you can always go over to HeidiRain.com where I offer, I mean, I have you covered, okay? So if you've been in fact impacted by some infected or impacted by somebody else's toxicity, I have a program for recovery, for toxic relationship recovery. That is amazing. I have monthly workshops on different topics, like should I stay or should I go, uh, how to heal, how to get off the crazy train of of relationships, how to knock sense into an addict or talk sense into an addict. I have, I have you covered and it's my life's mission and work to serve this population of people impacted by another's addiction and dysfunction. So go to HeidiRain.com at any time. If you want to sign up for the next workshop, spots are limited, secure your spot. I'll put all the links below per use. If you're listening to the podcast, um, the links sh should be there as well. So Let's dive into this. Let's let's just like, you know what? We're just going to go head first and we're going to see what happens. You know, when I was growing up, I had a reason that I was so self-destructive at the ready. I was one of these people that was either really successful in my life and firing on all cylinders and had everything together, or I was like a shit show and nothing in between. I was either awesome or I sucked. My, my first part of my life was like, I'm succeeding or failing and I'm epically doing either. And there is no in between either. I was really successful at relationship or, or successful at work and making money, but my relationship sucked. Like I couldn't, I couldn't make my life work on all cylinders and all levels. And when you would ask me why I was at the ready, I would say, you know, it's because of what i grew up around, man. No, you know, nobody, I grew up in a shit show, you know, nobody showed me how to really take care of myself or love myself or be in a healthy relationship. And I had all the reasons why I was dysfunctional and why I was, you know, not as successful in all these other areas of my life as I wanted to be. And I had this fantasy as a kid. I thought that if the person or people that was responsible for my pain would just acknowledge the pain and recognize how much pain they had inflicted on me, that suddenly that would be like the magic moment. The sky would part, Jesus would come down, pat me on my head and go, child, you're healed. Amen and hallelujah. And thank God that's over with. And I, and I have come to since learn, I'm not the only one with this fantasy. When I uh, was on my, after my healing journey, I started working in treatment and working in recovery and helping thousands of clients. And for a long time, almost about a decade, I worked inside of one of the world's leading drug and alcohol treatment centers as a, a coach, as a teacher, as a facilitator of the family program. And I can't tell you how many thousands of people I've sat with and hundreds have said the same thing that they just want the so-and-so to take responsibility. Man, if my mom would just take ownership with from the, what she did to me, then I wouldn't need to drink anymore. I would be healed. Uh, if my dad would just acknowledge that he wasn't a dad and wasn't a father and everything he did, then I know that my life would change if they just accepted responsibility. So we, we're not alone in thinking that. There's so many of us that are being having pain inflicted upon us that think that the magic moment of our healing is when they just own it 
right? And you might be saying that now, maybe not from your childhood, but you know, you're in a relationship with an addict, an alcoholic, or a narcissist, or somebody else who's toxic, and you're like, man, if they would just recognize how much they're hurting me and go, you know what? I I think I'm an asshole. I I see the light here. I, I'm inflicting pain on you. Wow. Thanks, Susan. I had no idea what an asshole I was. And now I see all the hurt and pain I've caused you. And that's going to be the moment when the alcoholic or addict or narcissist takes responsibility. And you're going to go, ta-da, I'm healed. I feel better. My life has changed. And, you know, we all have this fantasy. So I remember wanting this moment in particular in my life. You know, I had a lot of different traumatic experiences, but one of them was, I talk about this sometimes, and I'm talking about it more as time goes on when I believe it's helpful, not to throw anybody on the bus, not to hurt anybody, but just to give this thing some kind of context for us to really understand. Uh, as, a, as a young girl, you know, I, I've said before, my first hater was my own mom. And I don't know what it was. I, I rubbed her the wrong way. Okay. I, I couldn't breathe the right way. Everything I did. And I know she just had her own struggles and her own issues, but so much of my life was like as a teenager and as a little kid, just wanting her to see how bad she was hurting me, holding on to my pain and thinking, man, if she just knew, if she could see and own it, that she's hurting me physically, psychologically, emotionally. Long story short, one day when I was in my twenties, I remember it playing his day. I was, uh, uh, you know, successful from the outside looking in. I'd been traveling around and doing the thing and I was visiting her and sitting on her bed and up in her bedroom. And she, she looked at me and she said, you know, I'm so sorry for every time I ever hit you or hurt you or made you feel bad about yourself. And that was the first time that she apologized. She had apologized other times, like it vacillated between I didn't hurt you, that wasn't that bad, and I see what I did. There was another time where she was like really owning it. And uh, she told me this story about how when I was, uh, this was like the moment I thought, the night on the bed where she told me this stuff, I thought that's going to be the moment where I'm going to be freed and break through and, and feel like, and not keep hurting myself on purpose. You know what I mean? At the time I was like binge drinking and self-destructive, but I was like, if I get this apology, I'm going to be healed and I'm no longer going to be self-destructive or unhappy or anxious or depressed. And she did the apology thing. And I think I went out two nights later and got completely annihilated and ended up not knowing where I was. So that wasn't the cure, but I was like, well, maybe I need a deeper apology. Maybe I need a deeper recognition of the pain. And so several years later, I was living in Florida. I was working in treatment and, you know, we had another kind of holy moment. She was standing in my kitchen and she was crying. She was devastated. She said, you know, I, Heidi, I remember when you were a little girl and you were about six years old and you were terrified of me. You were terrified. And you would ask me to go outside and you would always duck and always like cover your hands up over your head. And you would ask me, can I, can I, can I go outside? And you were afraid of me. And I knew, this is my mom telling me, I knew that you were terrified of me. And I promised myself every time when I would see the terror in your eyes, that that would be the last time that I would ever hit you or hurt you or, or do that to you. And then she said, as she's weeping, but I just couldn't help myself. 
Now for me in that moment, I had been working in addiction. I was like, wow, that makes perfect sense. Like she was addicted. I get it. I see the light now. Like she was addicted to that strategy of blackout rage and she was blind to her own pain and couldn't see the trauma that she was inflicting and probably doesn't remember a lot of the stuff because she was, she wasn't home, you know? So in that moment, I think I had a, not a level of healing for myself, but a deeper understanding of why that stuff went down. Now I'm thinking, well, great. Here's my second holy moment. She finally gets it. She sees all the damage she did. She gets it. She understands I must be totally healed. And now, you know, I'm free from all the trauma. All the trauma has left me because I get that apology. And I think that at the end of the day is that thought we're thinking. When the ownership comes, the trauma disappears. This is the biggest lie that we can tell ourselves. You and I both, I had to, and I believe you will need to understand that somebody's ownership of what they've done to you is irrelevant in your path to healing. It's nice if you can get it. If you get a self-aware person that can be like, hey man, you know, I see all the shit I did. I'm so sorry. Amen and hallelujah. Good for you. But it is not necessary for your healing, nor is it the magic cure to your healing. I'm sorry is not enough. Because even in that ownership of that moment, we have to sit back as the receivers of the pain, as the recipients of the traumatic experiences. And we have to say, well, they owned it, but I'm still a little effed up. I still have all this, what I call that shrapnel from being in this dynamic. Like I still have trust issues. I still don't, I still am like a vault man. I can't open up to people. I, I'm, I'm, I don't want to be vulnerable. You know what? I, I still have control issues. I feel like I need to be in control of everything and all the, everything all, all the time. I still have emotional issues. I can't regulate. I'm either balls to the wall, freaking out or shut down and nothing in between. You know, I still have all this shrapnel. And so even if the apology comes, you are still, as a recipient of all those experiences, responsible for your healing. Now, many of you don't even realize the impact that you've been affected because you are warriors. You have been on the path to like suck it up buttercup, man. You've got your marching orders. Yeah, a bunch of stuff happened, but you know, hey, everybody did the best they could. And here I am now and I'm all moved on and I'm happy as can be. But Outside looking in, you look like you're successful. You look like you have all your stuff together, but on the inside, you're still struggling at the end of the day with feelings of not being enough, fear of being found out that you're, you have imposter syndrome, even though you are successful, you're like, I don't know, you know, or you're super successful. You're doing all the things and running the companies and doing all the stuff, but your relationship behind closed doors is a hot freaking mess on a crazy train. And you're like, that's the stuff that is the residue and shrapnel from that relationship, even though the I'm sorry came, is still now what? Your responsibility and my responsibility to deal with. That's why I created the courses I created. That's why I created one of my most, my signature course is called Life School, Love Yourself First Empowerment School. And it's where we unpack the shrapnel. And a lot of people, you know what? It's not wildly successful. I don't have thousands of people going through my program because very few people are like inclined to do that level of a deep dive into themselves and go, I want to root this up, man. I want to get rid of this once and for all. Most of the people who do it are people who want to help other people, you know, their coaches and their hearts or therapists, or they, they work with people. 
and they don't, they want to be in integrity. They want to be, you know, have their stuff dealt with before they're helping other people really. So if you're on the receiving end, just know it's, you know, if the person inflicted pain on you and they say to you, but I told you I was sorry and you accepted my apology. And maybe they're saying that stuff to you right now. Why can't you just move on? I told you I was sorry. You know, if it is your parent or it's a person that you're it's still in relationship with and they're like, you know, what the hell, you know, like, how long are we going to be here? I, that was 20 years ago or forever ago. And I, I apologized and you accepted my apology. You have to know that it is not enough and it is still going to hurt. And you're still going to have to do that walk back to that healing because damage was done, no matter how sorry somebody is. It's like at a murder trial when somebody's like, you know what? I'm really sorry. I don't know what I did there. They're still dead. And there are parts of you that were killed along the way as well that need to be resurrected and reborn. So, right, we're impacted. In fact, I don't know if you could see behind me. We don't talk about this that much, but here over here on my wall, which way am I going here? Here over here on my wall is a book that I wrote. I blew it up. I don't know if you're listening to the podcast. You can't see it. It's a book called What's Wrong With Me? There's a picture of a little girl on a couch. And that's a book I wrote. You can find it on Amazon. I'll put the link in here. It's a children's book written for adults to understand the impact of growing up in dysfunction, abuse, addiction on their adult relationships and their adult life. And it explains codependency. I think it's a brilliant book not because I wrote it, but because it's explaining such a complex thing as the impact of trauma and codependency, how it develops in such a simple way that you could read that book and go, oh yeah, I can relate to that. You know, I, I wrote it for people to use as a tool in therapy for therapists to use it with their clients, to get them to open up and recognize and talk, but you please go, go get it. it. It's, it's an amazing resource for you to understand the impact of addiction on your life. And also, if you want to support the book, you can also purchase books, excuse me, let me know. And, and we'd be happy to gift those books to treatment centers and on and on. So I digress. I want, not really, this is on topic, but because we don't, we think we survived, we got on, we got on with our lives. We think, you know, thank God that's over with, but it's not over with. And if you don't understand the level of impact on you of somebody else's toxicity, you end up taking that toxicity out on other people. That old saying, if you don't heal what hurts you, you'll bleed on those who didn't cut you. And that is what we do as survivors of trauma. When we don't recognize the impact, we think we should be over it, but here we are erupting in our marriages, acting out with our kids, yelling, being the people we didn't think we were going to be because we have this stuff that needs to be taken care of. Okay. Now let's move over to not being the recipient of the pain, but the inflictor of the pain. And this is harder for us to go, I guess I'm sorry, it's not enough. We want, when we're over here on this side of inflicting the pain, we want, I'm sorry, to be enough. You know what I mean? Like, hey, can I just say I'm sorry? When somebody works a program and they get to the amends part and they're like, hey, you know, I inflicted some pain on you. I'm, uh, you know, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm sorry about that. You know, I was, I was in my alcoholism or my addiction and and even the actual alcoholic really, you know, we as the offenders could be like, I want, I'm sorry to be enough, but we don't even remember as addicts or alcoholics, the, the, the shrapnel we caused, you know, when somebody's out to lunch and you're in your addiction, and I'm speaking from my own experience, my binge drinking issue, I didn't remember the things that I did. And so my husband and I recorded an episode of our podcast, Love Revolution, where we help couples that are trying to stay together and work this thing out. And 
I was asking him, I said, Hey, am I drinking? You know, the first whole first year of our relationship, I was a binge drinker. And I asked him on the podcast episode, I was like, how did that impact you? You know, what was that like? And he was sharing for me. And if you're not like working at your own recovery and your wellness, it's hard to hear how you've hurt other people or the impact you've created on their lives. But if you want to resolve it, and you want to rectify it, you have to be brave enough to cultivate the mental capacity and the emotional bandwidth to hold somebody else's pain that you inflicted, right? So we get to sit with our partners and say, can you tell me how I hurt you? And brace ourselves and be ready to hear it without rationalizing it, minimizing it, justifying it, you know, sweeping it under the rug, we like saying, well, I only did that because I was under the influence or I only hurt you because that wasn't really me or I don't really remember that or I was a new day, I'm a new person. And all the tactics that we do to try to like minimize our own discomfort of being inside of somebody else's pain that we inflicted. But it's necessary for us to sit inside of that pain we inflicted and hold the space for another person so that we can see ourselves clearly. We are not innocent. We have all inflicted pain. We have all played parts. And so it's really important for us to have that balance and perspective. Like just as much as I can see the, the pain that you know my mom inflicted on me, I could see pain I inflicted on her too. I can see that very clearly, you know, all the things that I did and said and ways I acted out and and all of that. And so but, but at the end of the day, here's what we're looking at as a relationship. We're saying, okay, if I'm sorry, it's not enough. And, and I know I have to heal on my own. I know it's my responsibility to heal. It's also my responsibility to be able to hear and be brave and hear and have courage about the pain that I inflicted. The only reason to actually uh, reunite, you know, and try to work this through, if you are a couple and you want to say, there's why I'm sorry, it's not enough is because there's enough love there. There's enough good in this dynamic that you want to hear that other person's side, right? That you want to go in and take their responsibility and work at the marriage. And Doug and I all linked the podcast episode to this about why I felt like the need to make a solo episode at addiction and codependency breakthrough, because I think that what I see all the time is people in recovery looking at their partners and saying, I said, I was sorry. Isn't that enough? I know I hurt you. Can we move on? I'm sober now. It's a new day. But the truth is you're still hurting. And that's really who I made this for is the people that are impacted, not the people that are hurting. So for you, number one, you can have a, you need to have a better understanding of how that addiction or that toxicity has impacted you so that you can articulate it more clearly instead of saying, I don't know why I'm sorry, it's just not enough. I just, you know, you blame yourself. Or you're like, I don't know why I can't move past it. I don't know why I still hold on to this. Well, there's a damn good reason. It's because that is shrapnel and that stuff is deep. The impact of addiction and dysfunction and narcissism and toxicity on your life is monumentally humongous, okay? So I wanna help you become conscious of that shrapnel and then help you remove it one piece at a time. So we're gonna start with you. We're gonna start with you that are the receivers of people's pain. And then eventually Doug and I, my husband and I have a, a group that we have. We have seminars, we have courses for to learn how to hold the space as a couple to talk about the pain we inflicted on one another. But for now you've got to, that's why we call our program Love Yourself First Empowerment. 
you first have to remove the speck from your own eye before you remove the speck from other people's eye. You have to take care of yourself first, understand your trauma, your pain, and then you can be the, be the, be the container to, to go down the road of your other people's, you know, and how you inflicted pain and, and all of that. All right. So if you want to take that first step and go, yeah, Heidi, I'm curious. I want to know how have I been impacted? Why do I keep getting sucked into these crazy relationships? Why can't I just seem to like, you know, why isn't sorry? I'm an, I'm sorry enough. Why am I still carrying this stuff around? Then I encourage you to go over to HeidiRain.com right now and sign up for my next monthly workshop, whatever that workshop is, because I know it was made for you. It was made for you. Okay. So I love you. Take excellent care of yourself and I'll see you really soon in another episode. And always leave your comments, share, subscribe. Let me know if this is helpful in the comments and how so. And hopefully I'll see you on a more intimate basis inside of one of my live virtual workshops. See you soon. Bye-bye.